A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You don't knock on a door and ask people to open it up in Hollywood. Kick it off the hinges and you make your way in. This is the black actor, screenwriter and producer Marlon Wayans the star of Scary Movie, Requiem for a Dream, and White Chicks. Can't make Oscar-worthy movies a lot of times with no budget. Revenant was made for $150 million, maybe. You know, the brownest thing in that was the bear. Marlon, who was speaking on the Essence Live chat show last January, is covering familiar ground. He's talking about representation, about opportunity. But really, he's talking about an issue that, over six weekly episodes, the Black Star podcast has been circling all along. He's talking about power. Hollywood's not about black and white. Hollywood is about green. Welcome back to the Black Star Podcast. I'm Ashley Clark, programmer of the Black Star film season at London's BFI Southbank. The Black Star season is a nationwide celebration of the range, power and versatility of black actors. Over the last five weeks, we've been telling the stories of black stars who helped shape the landscape of Hollywood and the world beyond. Stars like Oscar Michaud, the pioneering director who challenged D.W. Griffith's hateful portrayal of black people in 19th century America. Or Pam Greer, the queen of black exploitation and the world's first black female action star. Last week, we focused on Whoopi Goldberg, the 90s megastar who, despite her earning power, still struggle to find roles that let her show off the breadth of her talent. In our final episode, we're going to look at how, by taking control of the means of production and distribution, a small number of black stars have begun to rewire the industry. If black stars' options have been limited by the colour of their skin, then real executive status, the ability to get things greenlit, to influence the industry and shift the perceptions of the public, is how big change gets made. First time I saw you walk on by You've got the look The talk of the town and the queen of style You've got the look To do that, we'll need a subject, a towering figure in their field, a thespian of redoubtable quality, a class act. And where better to begin than somebody who could write this? I can't stand this music! Well, Mabel, if you can't stand it, why your bottom, why your bottom moving like that? <laughs> that's that hole, that's my bottom half. Every time I hear this music, it just want to drop. That's the hole from back in the day coming out of me. Yes, it's Tyler Perry in the guise of his biggest, boldest, most successful creation, Medea. Mabel! What is, what you? I got to get the hell out of here, my hole coming out. Louisiana-born Tyler Perry is a unique and controversial polymath. 
He's a playwright, screenwriter, producer, director, star maker, an undoubted star, even if his work hasn't yet made a huge impact in the UK. At six foot five inches, Perry is quite the screen presence, especially when dolled up in southern granny garb as Medea, his signature character in films like Diary of a Mad Black Woman and this year's Halloween smash hit, Boo, a Medea Halloween. Mabel Medea Simmons is Perry's larger-than-life riff on the age-old mammy stereotype. Medea first appeared in Perry's 1999 play, I Can Do Bad All By Myself, and has since been incarnated by Perry in no less than 12 films, helping him to become, per Forbes magazine in 2011, the richest man in entertainment. With his ribald, critic-proof work, Perry has tapped consistently into an audience that studios know very little about. Ordinary, often middle-class black Americans, many of whom go to church and also go to the movies. In some ways, Perry is reminiscent of the star of our first podcast. Tyler Perry isn't new. Oscar Michaud, really, the turn of the last century, was doing the same thing that Tyler Perry was. That's cultural critic Gaylene Gould. So, in a way, Tyler Perry is kind of making the modern-day race movie, which is effectively films that are completely bypassing mainstream Hollywood and movie-making to speak directly to an audience. And it's a very hungry audience, and it's a very participatory audience, and it kind of always has been. It's not really about quality of story. It's about seeing characters that people recognize on screen, seeing situations that people recognize on screen, it is about soap opera quality. So, you know, people want a melodrama and they want to keep coming back to find out what happens to these characters. There's a reason that that very mainstream audience hasn't been catered for. It's the same problem that all of the figures that we featured in the podcast came up against. It is, essentially, why the Black Star season has to exist at all. Truthfully, Hollywood's never been set up to reflect diversity. You look at the history of Hollywood, there were, it, it, it was always based on exclusionism. It's always based on, you know, who, who couldn't get into Hollywood. Even if you think about early days of the way that lots of Jewish writers and directors still had to change their name. It's very much about promoting a very particular image of what America is. It doesn't really speak to the kind of multicultural nature of America from the very beginning of its founding right through. It's always, it's always struggled with that because it was always set up to promote a very different type of narrative. Black stars like Tyler Perry are rewriting that story. His films are co-produced and distributed by Lionsgate Entertainment, but he retains full copyright ownership under the corporate name Very Perry Films. And he places his name in front of all of their titles, you really can't miss him. He makes films and television free of outside interference at a prolific rate. Back in 2012, he struck an exclusive multi-year partnership with TV doyen Oprah Winfrey and her Oprah Winfrey Network, tellingly acronymed as OWN. Ownership is the name of the game, and that, historically, has been a problem for black talent in Hollywood. Whenever you see the final film of any black filmmaker you see that went through Hollywood and you may hate the movie or say he saw, he had a fight to get whatever he got up there. He fought like tooth and nail. That's author and screenwriter Nelson George, 
speaking at London's BFI South Bank in 1994. The only person right now who's a black filmmaker who has real autonomy, total autonomy, is Spike. And even that, you know, if he has a couple of flops, that could be troubling. But Spike has final cut. That's real power. George was talking there about Spike Lee, who emerged fully formed in the mid-1980s as a quadruple threat. Producer, director, writer and star. There were other polymaths before him, of course. In the 1960s and 70s, for example, Sidney Poitier founded production companies E&R and Verdon Cedric Pictures and dabbled in directing. Yet Spike put himself front and centre in his work, whether in films or in a string of high-profile commercials for Nike, starring himself as the goofy Mars Blackman character and Michael Jordan. Yo, Mars Blackman here with my main man, Michael Jordan. Yo, Mike, what makes you the best player in the universe? Is it the vicious stunts? No, Mars. Is it the haircut? No, Mars. Is it the shoes? No, Mars. Is it the extra long shorts? No, Mars. Is the shoes it, right? Some criticized Spike for selling out, but he knew that with capital came autonomy. And that's not something that's traditionally been afforded black people in entertainment. Here's Nelson George again. To see the range of images that black people say they want to see of themselves, they will not, most of them will not come through Hollywood. There will be certain things Spike will be able to do what he does because he established his own beachhead. John Singleton will be able to continue on. But for the most part, the, the, the cutting edge of, of black cinema will remain outside. Sankofa, which is playing in the United States now, is like a real phenomenon. The white distributors all turned it down. So he's done it himself, Oscar Michaud-like, actually going from city to city with a few prints. There, George was talking about the Ethiopian-American filmmaker Haile Jerima, who, in the face of a disinterested studio system, personally took his 1993 film Sankofa, a beguiling sci-fi slave rebellion odyssey, to 35 different cities. It ultimately grossed close to $3 million and was especially successful with black audiences. As Jerima writes on his website... I witnessed theatres across America turn into night schools as intense discourse was sparked among audience members. The black image was reframed on screen. But again, it, it exists outside the framework of Hollywood. And so there's going to be this duality that's going to continue on. I don't see that being broken too much between what the Hollywood film will be, even with black filmmakers, uh, in terms of the range of stuff they'll be able to get away with. There's always going to be a certain formulated cap that's going to be put on it by the nature of the system that you go through. Nelson, speaking over 20 years ago, hasn't been proved wrong yet. Spike, in some ways, was the major forebear of Tyler Perry. He prioritised artistic control and built himself as a brand. This is a little ironic given his very public criticisms of Perry's work. A lot of stuff that's on today is coonery buffoonery. And I know it's making a lot of money, breaking records, but we could do better. A criticism which Perry had a pretty sharp answer to. Do you see the millions of people that are coming to see this? Why the hell would I be worried about a Spike Lee or anybody else? They all can go straight to hell. Do you understand? But even at the peak of his powers, Spike Lee didn't have it easy. Back in 1992, the Bond company keeping his epic Malcolm X biopic afloat folded. So Lee ploughed two million of his three million. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Billion dollar fee into the movie. Ultimately, he had to call upon a generous black talent pool, including Janet Jackson, Bill Cosby, Tracy Chapman, Prince, and Oprah, for help. And that was just to get the film finished, let alone have it distributed and seen. Here's Nelson George. Every year, I've heard brothers sit around talking about their own distribution company. I've sat there at the meetings over and over again. Every year they sit down and they say they're going to do it. And next year they come around and they say it again. And people do not want to risk their money. And that's all it's coming down to. It's just a, a, fear of, a, a fear of the risk. With his iron control over his own material, Perry has made the risk factor pretty much a moot point. And while it feels a touch crass to compare Lee and Perry directly, it's the latter today who has his own empire, which looks set to expand further. So where do we stand now? Tyler Perry is something of a unique figure in the film landscape, a black star equally at home behind and in front of the camera, playing to a loyal and lucrative audience. Here's Gaylene Gould, who wrote the chapter Black Stars in the Age of Obama in the BFI Black Star Compendium. I began to think about what shifts and developments that had happened really in the last sort of eight to ten years that were quite particular and that shaped what a modern day black star was. So, you know, the rise of the West African star, for example, in Hollywood has been quite interesting. People like, you know, Lupita Nyong'o or um, John Boyega and, of course, Idris Elba. There's definitely the sense of independence. People like Tyler Perry with Black Studios, but also someone like Ava DuVernay, who's developed her own um, distribution company and out of that, her own production company that's linking with people like Oprah Winfrey of their own network. Um, Shonda Rhimes, of course, on television, who's developed her own, again, uh, studio, really. This sense of strong voices and independence is, is really marked, I think, the last 10 years. Shonda Rhimes is worthy of a special mention. This queen of late-night cable television founded her own production company, Shondaland, in 2005. 
it's since become a mainstay of broadcaster ABC's programming. In 2014, the channel programmed its entire Thursday primetime lineup with Shondaland dramas Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder and The Catch, then branded the night as Thank God It's Thursday. Crucially, Rhymes has also been able to afford brilliant black actors like Kerry Washington and Viola Davis the kinds of meaty, complex and consistent roles on cable television that have often eluded them in the film world. Ava DuVernay, too, is key. She took over from Lee Daniels, another black producer-director with major pulling power, in the job of directing Selma, the biopic of Dr Martin Luther King Jr. Here's that film's leading man, David Oyelowo, at the BFI Black Star Symposium in October 2016. This thing is only going to happen if we actually start to do diversity. And the only way that's going to happen is if the demographics of the decision makers changes. I segued from being a cog in a wheel to a decision maker. My perspective, my bias, now governs the work I do because I create the work I do and I create the world I want to see. Then there are other modern black stars who were less outspoken about their desire to seize the reins but have grabbed them nonetheless. Stars like Denzel Washington, who's used his status to move into directing, exploring African-American life on a grand scale in films like Antoine Fisher, The Great Debaters, and his forthcoming adaptation of August Wilson's classic play, Fences. How come you ain't never liked me? What law is there say I got to like you? A man is supposed to take care of his family. You live in my house, fill your belly with my food, put your behind on my bed because you're my son. Now don't you go through life worrying about whether somebody like you or not. You best be making sure they're doing right by you. Samuel L. Jackson until recently the top-grossing actor in U.S. box office history, has lent his star power as a producer on indie films like the brilliant Deep South drama Eve's Bayou. Wesley Snipes is a prominent figure who has consistently argued that promoting black stars as a mass-market product isn't just a worthy exercise in inclusion. It makes good business sense. Here he is talking at the BFI South Bank in 1997. Hollywood has no problem with taking some of the top, top actors, top white actors, and clumping them all into one movie together. And the movie makes $120 million in the States, $200 million worldwide. And everybody goes, oh, they're box office, you know. Of course, if you take four or five of the top and you put them in a the movie together, people go and go see it. You know, but you do the same thing with some of the brothers and sisters, people will go see it. Me, Morgan, Fish, Denzel in a movie, who ain't going to see it? <laughs> and there's Will Smith who set up his own production company, Overbrook Entertainment, in the late 1990s, just a few short years after co-starring alongside the future president-elect, Donald J. Trump, in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mr. Trump, uh, hey, how you doing? Uh, Will Smith, hey, listen, you are getting a great house here. And, and, and this is quite a deal you're getting for it, too. Look, folks, before we go too far, I've got something to tell you. Excuse me. But I've got something to tell you first. Thank you for ruining my life! Everybody's always blaming me for everything. (laughs) We can forgive Smith for that, though. He's been a champion of black talent, not least his own, pushing himself to the front with roles in Ali, I, Robot, Hitch, Hancock and I Am Legend. He's also provided a platform for others, like young Cuvanjane Wallace, 
a black star of the future, in the 2014 remake of Annie. So what does tomorrow hold for the Black Star? There are now more means of media production and consumption than ever before. More opportunities for the Black Stars of the future to put themselves in positions of power. Most young Black Stars realise that, says Gaylene Gould. The internet has been huge in social media, so people like Issa Rae who have developed her own viewership and following on, on YouTube and then that moves to her getting a contract with HBO. And people like Amanda Stenberg is really interesting, who is probably a bigger star on social media than she is on screen. But you don't kick down the door and expect a warm welcome. It's likely that the Trump era will see tomorrow's black stars experience the same or even greater fear and resistance as that faced by their forebears. Post-Obama, it's going to be tough for even the most driven self-starter to break through. Still, says Gaylene Gould, art thrives under pressure. Leaders definitely have a huge role in creating a grand narrative for a nation. They raise certain voices within that nation. If they, don't, if they do nothing else, that's what they do. And I think Obama's voice was very, very potent for a lot of outsiders, previous outsiders in America, including black, black artists. So let's see. Let's see what, what the next six, seven, eight years are going to bring out. I imagine there's going to be a very different type of voice. On the other hand, it might create some of the most exciting pieces of work we've ever seen because now people really have something urgent to speak on. Urgency. The desire to stand out, to create, to fight, to entertain, to energise, to make an impact in a system designed to hold them back. These are the characteristics that have united our black stars over the course of this series. From the maverick Oscar Michaud to the enigmatic Hattie McDaniel, from the firebrand Harry Belafonte to kick-ass queen Pam Greer, from the thrillingly unconventional Whoopi Goldberg to titans like Smith and Washington and powerful outliers like Tyler Perry. There is no one single story of black stardom, but many. During our series, we've journeyed through a constellation of endless brilliance, radical resistance and tremendous talent. Oscar, Hattie, Harry, Pam, Whoopi and Tyler. These are our black stars. It's been our pleasure to share them with you. Thank you for listening to the Black Star Podcast. You can listen to the whole series at bfi.org.uk forward slash Black Star Podcast. Hi all, it's Black Star producer Henry Barnes here. Thanks for listening to the series. Here's our final batch of credits. The Black Star podcast was co-written and hosted by Ashley Clark, co-written and produced by me, Henry Barnes, with additional production by Peter Sale. This week's episode included short clips from the following. Marlon Wayans speaking on the Essence live chat show published on YouTube on the 22nd of January 2016. 
Boo! A Medea Halloween, directed by Tyler Perry and released by Tyler Perry Studios and Lionsgate in 2016. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode for sale by owner, directed by Shelley Jensen and released by the Stuffed Dog Company, Quincy Jones Productions, David Salzman Entertainment and NBC Productions in 1994. Annie, directed by Will Gluck and released by Village Roadshow Pictures, Overbrook Entertainment and Columbia Pictures in 2014. And Fences, directed by Denzel Washington. That's set for release by Bron Creative, Macromedia, Scott Rudin Productions and Paramount Pictures on Christmas Day this year. 